joining us. I am Matt Wills and this is Rick Wharton and we are discussing documentaries and today's documentary is a peach. It is Netflix's The Battered Bastards of Baseball. Rick, say hello my friend. Hey there. Uh, So this is uh, documentary number two uh, and the production meeting we had a week before this was you didn't want to swear at any point. <laughs> but which is weird because I swear a hell of a lot in real life. Oh, oh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to the, the, some strange swearing in this one. But it was fun. It was a nice doc. It's exactly what I expected of a Matt Wills documentary. It, it, this <laughs> this ticked every single one of my boxes, right? So, um, I mean, I'm not sporty in any way, but I do love I love a sports documentary. So this had sports. It had like a David and Goliath type story. Um, it had Hollywood actors. It was all about baseball, um, but not about baseball. And it's in the 1970s. Yeah, well, it's in the 1970s and it's all about the underdog, wasn't it? So, yeah, for me, I'm like tick, tick, tick. And I just want to point, I, I know you can't see this listening wherever you are, but I am wearing um, an Aquila's uh, baseball top because baseball is, weirdly enough, one of my sports. Which, which, if you ever seen baseball, Rick, like live baseball? Well, we we had to we had our PE block burned down when we were in year nine, and all that was left because what happened? The fire brigade ran into the burning building to right. save the equipment, but it was like the PE block backed onto like the rough area, the avenues, so all the equipment just got nicked from the field while the bur- the building was burning down. And they had like the Avenue Olympics for two weeks. You had people <laughs> chucking javelins and shot puts around in the house in the state. <laughs> and the only thing that they were really left with was uh, baseball gear because you just all you needed was well, I think they called it rounders, but it was a baseball. We, we did, yeah. In England, we call it rounders, don't we? Yeah. So it might have even been softball due to the size of the ball, but we did that for a while. Um, so that was my only only experience of baseball. It's not a sport I find interesting. At live baseball, it is hands down one of the most boring experiences you can ever encounter. And and this is coming from a guy who likes cricket. I really like cricket. I can watch cricket. I was literally about to point out it's it's like a showbiz cricket. Um, yes, but but really, and dull. you will see, and you will see throughout this documentary even though they have footage of every single game, they don't get to see a whole lot of highlights. Even in, I, I put that on as a huge problem for cricket as well. I mean, I remember I tried with cricket because lads liked it and you could drink during it as a team. Yes. The first time we won the Ashes, like uh, the famous one when we finally broke the hoodoo, right. whatever it was. I remember watching the moment and it was even the build up to the end of the match was so dull. They could have had some daft rule where they were like, and the umpire puts the ceremonial snail on top of the wicket. And as we all know, once it rounds the wickets three times, the ashes (laughs) is coming back to the queen. So you're not a fan. No, you can't have a sport without highlights anymore. Cricket is, it's what... Do you know the old school blokes that are married where it's like men in the bar, women in the lounge? Yep. Cricket, golf, that's all. That's too long for them to even pretend to hang out with me. They're not coming. I'm going to drink a crate of beer while getting sunstruck. I tell you why I love baseball, right? Uh, and I de- genuinely do. I, I've, I love it so much, even though it's boring. I've been to two live games, one in the Dominican Republic, go Aquilas, and uh, one in New York, go Yankees. Um, now, the reason I love it, right, is because my dad bought for me and my sister. It was like one of the few Christmases that me and my sister had that we still talk about. You know that Christmas where it all came alive and it was magical? It was just, it was one of those. So we got up. At, oh, you mean personally for you? Cause I, I, <laughs> I mean, has that not happened for you yet? <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a pandemic thing, but everyone just got the Christmas spirit he's talking about in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> well, no, because I've, I've had 48 Christmases on the planet. And I think I've had two great ones. Uh, and this was one of them because my, my dad bought us, uh, he bought us a Philips G7000, 
which was like a poor man's Atari. Right. So it was a games console and game. I think it was game number 14 was baseball. And it would go on for about half an hour at least. And one summer, me and my best mate, Gary Berner, we played this computer game through the whole six week holidays every day. We'd play innings after innings after innings. We had leagues and every it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, I'm a massive. That's what got me into baseball. Well, that and the Kevin Costner movie Field of Dreams. You must have. I've not it. seen that. I haven't. You've not no, seen cause... Field of Dreams. Well, let's let's press pause now. Let come back in two hours once you've hey, watched look, Field of Dreams. I, I've seen enough TV to know if it's it, it, if they build it, they'll come. Isn't it ghosts yes. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn up on it. Yeah, we're good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about making you watch this documentary because this was clearly my choice because it's all upbeat and positive, which is me, and then you've got the miserable bastard that's you. <laughs> I want to see something you can't script. That is the beauty of a documentary. Now, there is a lot in this that you couldn't make up. I will say that. So, uh, What did you think of it, first of all? Just your overall kind of... Did, did you enjoy watching it? Did the time go quick? It was pleasant. It was pleasant, but it wasn't. it's not something that I would recommend to mates as a banger of a documentary. Fair there enough. There wasn't a talking point. There's if enough I, going, all right. All if right, yeah, if I had cool, a date cool. with a woman... And afterwards, I went, hey, how did that date go? And she went, well, it was pleasant. I wouldn't be seeing her again, would I? The... I've had worse reviews. Because <laughs> well, this is the second time I've watched it, in as many weeks as well. I absolutely loved it. Well, I found it interesting because I was wondering, oh, I guess Kurt Russell's a big baseball fan. And then you go, oh, it was his dad yeah. that went and did it. So, Lots of spoilers. Yeah, there's all spoilers. It, it, this podcast is basically a spoiler and my opinion. <laughs> it should be called discussing documentaries and spoiling them. So um, it was because the whole system of American sport does kind of fascinate me because we don't have that. It's all in-house. So they have the draft system yep. from the colleges. You go to the colleges, uh, the major league teams or like say the NBA, NBA, NFL and whatever the baseball is. NBL, I think. Is it NBL? I think it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that would be the equivalent due to the size of America of international competitions. Yeah, absolutely. When, well, I, when I, you I saw support... it more as, from a football point of view, I, I see it more as there's Premier League and then there's everything else. Yeah, yeah, I, I would do that. But if in a football point of view, you wouldn't then support a championship team, a Division One team. No, and they do, don't they? And they change because they love their colleges. Yeah, yeah, they love their colleges, and then they'll go to uh, a bunch of matches for the other one. Yeah, and uh, the system for it for getting the draft, I find interesting. I like the idea that the worst team in the league gets the best young player coming up. Yeah, it seems fair because the, the then they can works. sell him, can't they, or her? But then you see where that went wrong, and it's a good this this documentary is a good depiction of. When you only care about the top end, how bad the bottom end yeah, gets. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Because another thing they do, which this is what starts off the documentary, is the Portland Beavers leave Portland. It just if you haven't seen the uh if you haven't seen the documentary, th- this is the Netflix uh synopsis. It's the colourful true story of the Portland Mavericks, a scrappy, independent baseball team of underdogs, started by the actor Bing Russell. And Bing Russell is uh, Kurt Russell's dad. Kurt Russell, the actor yeah. who who plays in the Magnificent Seven. Well, Bing Russell is in that. Yeah, he he done like over eight hundred um, eight hundred movie jo- uh, movie and TV jobs. He was the uh, he was Sheriff Clem or Deputy Sheriff Clem in the TV show Bonanza. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got shot over a hundred, <laughs> shot and killed. Uh, right, not just shot, shot and killed. Over 126 times. <laughs> I made a note of that because what well, I wouldn't give for footage of Mike Ashley, the Newcastle owner, being <laughs> shot and killed. <laughs> and what would happen with the memes of that? You would have that on loop, wouldn't you? Every every morning, oh. that would. that's the only reason you'd get out of bed. Just, oh, I get to watch that again. Jember Gem, that old Tetley's teabag advert. When I wake up in the morning, the guy, Bill Withers, died this year. Sunlight hits my eyes. I know it's going to yes, be a lovely yeah, yeah. day. That's what every Geordie's would be like. It would be Mike Ashley waking up and then walking and getting shot in a saloon for, for looking down on someone. The owners of my uh, football club, I'd go exactly the same. Yeah, I'd um, 
Yeah, we're not we're not promoting violence, but for some people, it kind of it seems to fit the bill. I, yeah, for Newcastle, I have been tempted to start a, a, a Kickstarter for putting a contract out on Mike <laughs> Ashley's life, just to see. Because I, I imagine at least fifty five thousand people would chuck a quid in every Saturday until we got the amount we needed. Do you reckon? And you'd need running costs. That's not a bad idea to start a Kickstarter. I, I, yeah. I've spoken with my brother. The, the, apparently, there's legal issues in doing it. Oh, though. there so is. Even for a laugh. Yeah, you can't. It's all politics these that. days, isn't it? It's insane what you can and can't do. Um, you can't fucking say anything anymore, <laughs> mate, can you? You can't even go on the internet and try and have a rich blow killed. A snowflake generation. What sort of world are we living out? in where you can't put a hit out on someone? It's insane. So, The Battered Bastards of Baseball, right? It was directed by. Again, every all the names in this are brilliant. Uh, it was directed by Chapman and Macklin Way, right? Who, as you probably know, are Bing Russell's grandsons. Oh, right. There you go. So they're the writers and directors of this. Um, and effectively, what Bing Russell did was uh, he grew up from the age of nine for five years. He hung around with the New York Yankees, right? And Which is when I thought this might become a documentary I'm interested in. Something horrific is going to happen to Bing Russell. Why is a six-year-old hanging out with the right. New York Yankees? Because he, <laughs> he was actually, he, he was known as the peanut smuggler. That's right. That's the quote they give, the peanut smuggler. What the fuck is a peanut smuggler? Because <laughs> I, I Googled it. I spent an hour on that this morning. Because a peanut smuggler is only in the urban dictionary, and it's basically it's it's hiding your nipples when they go erect, and if they don't, you're, yeah, if people can see your erect nipples, then it's called peanut smuggling. That's all I could find. Right, I don't think it's that. No, I it's think, definitely not uh, that. They get a bit like the Bat Boys, which we'll get to, because the Bat Boy is quite a prominent figure in the documentary yeah, for the much. Mavericks. Um. Basically, they have a bunch of young apprentices that follow the team around and do everything for them. Yeah, he was like their good luck charm as well, wasn't he, for the Yankees? Yeah. And the, the the guys he was hanging out with, um, what was the guy's name? He was um, he met Lefty Gomez, right? Who was one of the Yankees' yeah. most famous pitchers ever. That story amazed me because he said he caught a ball at a training field That's in right. Petersburg, I think it was, yep. and then. Bigger kids took it and did the whole keep away. So he ended up punching one of them, getting the ball, well, I, running I, away. I watched that as he just kept punching this other kid <laughs> until they yeah. gave him the ball to stop punching the kid. And then this he wrote sounds... back to his dad, who was a, an airline pilot in a local airfield, who was talking to Lefty Gomez. And Lefty Gomez went, ah, just come and hang out with me and the lads. This was a nine-year-old child. And, and his know, dad was there and went, yeah, go on, boy. Go hang out with all of them. So he's hanging out with the likes of Joe DiMaggio. Um, no, not Joe DiMaggio. Who was it? I think it was. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Like, I thought that was just a disease. I didn't realise that was a person. I know. Lou Ge Have you heard of Babe Ruth? Yes. Yeah, the curse of the babe. Right, okay. So in, in 1927, Babe Ruth was hands down the most famous baseball player of all time. He's still got records that haven't been beat. Well, Lou Gehrig was like one run behind him. It, it, if not, right. they said Lou Garrick was a better baseball player than than Babe Ruth. He was just, and he was an absolute gent, Lou Garrick. I've just listened to a um, a Bill Bryson book all about him and Babe Ruth. Brilliant. The thing is with that story of the punching the kid, running back, seeing his dad, his dad's with the equivalent of Alan Shearer of the time. Sounds to me like an older father telling a story. You know, as no one's going to check the yeah, facts. Yeah. I don't know because everybody's so dead. Because everyone died about fifty back then, didn't they? <laughs> so obviously, I squared up the first one. I knocked him <laughs> out. I knocked the next one out. I took the ball. I go back. I go back to the hangar, the, the spaceship hangar where my dad works, and there's Alan Shearer, and he says, "Don't worry, just hang out with me for the rest of your life." And uh, that's that's the story of where we are, son. There we go. I mean, he was, but he was such a so the documentary starts. And basically, and it's after the after after the whole um, the Portland Mavericks have happened, which is the name of the team he sets up. And it's basically which is cool because he wasn't he in a show called The Mavericks he, or he something was in like the Maverick, that. Yeah, with uh, which James I, Garner. I was a fan of that. I think that's pretty cool. When they and they remade that, didn't they? In the to, like um, if Tom Hardy bought Aston Villa and referred to them as the Peaky Blinders, yeah. I'd, I'd 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 be rooting for Aston Villa. <laughs> Everyone there in the flat caps, you know. 
as you saw him walking along, he was he looked like a nineteen seventies football manager. He, he had like did. a camel like coat old... on. He was smoking a roll up, right? Because <laughs> whenever there was a picture of him, he always had a beer and a fag. He was. I mean, he's a yeah. proper man's man, Bing Russell. That's before you had to be in shape to be in a decent part in Hollywood. Well, he was a professional ball player. That was all. It, that's all you needed because he was a good looking. I mean, if you think Kurt Russell's good looking, he got it from his dad. Clearly, this is a um, look at the mother. No, uh, look at the mother's face is Kurt Russell's face. Yeah, he is. That uh... even the pointy eyebrows, like <laughs> you can see, that's a Hollywood mother right there. But he was a man's man, wasn't he? And him and his son, the, the, the whole week. So Kurt Russell is like peppered throughout the whole documentary, um, talking about his dad. Now, I don't know what your relationship's like with your dad, right? But mine's reasonable. <laughs> but Kurt Russell, it's, you can see the pride coming out of him whenever he's talking about his dad. It's a thing of beauty. Tell me you didn't get goosebumps when Kurt Russell was talking about his dad. I love doing this with you, Matt, because we always have something to discuss. So Kurt Russell begins describing what the house was like as a kid. Yeah. He's, and... <laughs> Uh, and he says, oh, there wasn't a pool in the back garden. It was a batting cage, That's which right. oh, hard, hard bleeds for him. And then it shows you how his dad was a plumber of an actor. He'd go to work. He wasn't yes. really progressing. He'd go yeah, and yeah. He'd do his job. Bum, 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 bum. But also in their um, house, he removed all the furniture from the front room so they could hit balls. <laughs> yeah. And then the very next shot, you see, I felt like my dad wasn't doing anything. And then you saw you see him laying by the pool in the back garden. Yeah. So Kurt, I don't know what to believe on that. And B, if my son comes to me and says I'm not being productive enough after I've built this life for him, he can go out on his own. I don't like it. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to Kurt Russell, he did. He's still getting work. He was in the latest Hobbs and Shaw film, I think. The latest Fast and Furious. He's still working. He's doing incredibly well. Also, don't forget Kurt Russell played hands down one of the coolest people ever. Snake Pliskin. Snake Pliskin. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Escape, uh, Escape from LA is hands down one of the best sci-fi movies I've ever seen. It's weird. Is it LA the one where he has to do some weird basketball thing to survive? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get 10 hoops, they must in under, um, you get a minute for each hoop. And if you don't get it, no, it's 30 seconds for each hoop, isn't it? And if you don't get it in time, you've got to run to the other end of the court, get the ball. Yeah, they machine yeah. gun you to death. Yeah, <laughs> what a uh, the, the reason why I checked that out is they had a um, computer game, Metal Gear Solid, one of the best of they all did. time. Oh, it's a great game. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they called him Snake, Snake as well. And then yeah. in the second one, he gives his name as Pliskin as uh, uh, an alias. So I thought I was getting a Metal Gear Solid movie, and then when I see him coming there and this tight pants and his eye patch. I was like, ah, this isn't what I was hoping for. <laughs> but it's just got a great ending. I love, you know, where he, he screws over the whole... Oh, spoilers for everything we ever mentioned, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, Field of yeah. Dreams, they're all so ghosts. And Snake Plissken proper screws the world up, like proper. So oh, so, so if we get back on it, so what he does is... um, So he buys the team, I think for like $500. $500. Basically, because the, the team that were in Portland... The Beavers. Yeah, they weren't. Do, they weren't doing. No one was going to the game. They were getting like thirty or forty people a game, weren't they? And they made, so they they made a good point as why people weren't going as well because since they're all owned by major league teams, the players are sent down and brought back up That's at right, yeah. the behest of the major league team. So you never get. You never really get someone great for long. So it's, it's a bit like Manchester United, or, or a, let, let, hang on, let's talk about a great team. So it's a bit like Manchester City, say, um, or Liverpool, um, owning Accrington Stanley, and then yeah. they have a they have like a Mo Salah in Accrington Stanley just to 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 learn the game, and then they when he starts getting good and interesting to watch, yeah, they bring him back up to the Premier League. That's the so yeah. I. Yeah, that's exactly what. And I enjoyed the whole piecing the team together. So the manager was a he was a third batsman or a backstop or one of the positions that sounds like you stand there for glove all day and don't do much. But um, he got signed by a major league team, and since it wasn't the internet and the info wasn't already available, he says, "Who's your current of that position?" And they said, "This guy, I forget his name." Brody, uh, Brooks Robinson, 
Yeah, he was an all all time uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Sixteen time All Star, so he just never got to come up at all. That was just his dream. You're like the crush. third substitute goalie. You're never gonna get on. Yeah. yeah, there's just not a chance. So he he his career fizzled. So he became the manager. And then they had the open tryouts. Yeah, they did. So he and because there is no internet in the seventies, he puts an advert out in the papers, and they're expecting a few people to turn up. Like three to five hundred people turned up for these open tryouts from all over the country. They just they just poured in, and there was just the greatest quote he gives. Right, so um, hang on, I'm. uh, (laughs) Where is it? It was. did you make a note of the the? Yeah, here we go. So he he's, he leans over the stands, right, and he's got everyone there who's for the tryouts. And Bing says, "Now, for those of you that don't make it, which is gonna be the bulk of you, that's the way the pickle squirts." Yeah, I remember that one. That is going into my everyday vernacular. That is the way the pickle that's squirts. That's the way the pickle squirts. <laughs> Did you do the washing up, honey? No, babe. That's the way the pickle squirts. <laughs> Did you pay the electricity like... bill? No, guess what? <laughs> yeah, but that's just... In those scenarios, that just sounds like you're referring to yourself as the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could get away with that. Look at the size of uh, it. That's... Big pickle over here. This is where it squirts. <laughs> so, and then you've got two guys... There's not very many contributors on the dock. So you've got Kurt Russell... Yes, you got you got uh, Kurt Russell, uh, Bing Russell. You just see clip it snippets of him talking. So he's obviously passed since they've done it. Yeah, and um, and they keep putting quotes up from Bing Russell like throughout the movie. You've got the Bat Boy. Um, uh, you've got some of the players. You've got the general manager who was the first ever general manager. They appointed a female. He he said yep, he, again. He went on holiday for two weeks. Um, he got her to run the club while he was on holiday. And she'd done twi- such a great job, this 26-year-old woman, that he made her the general manager. And that's as good See, as it gets in baseball if you're not the all-star player. I would say, at first, I think she was like 23, 24. Oh, okay. Oh, not, tw- not again, the ripe old age of 26 that, then. That, and I, 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 I'll qualify why I'm saying this. I thought that was another indicator that there may be some scandalous stuff that happens in this documentary. Right. <laughs> Oh, no, he was a visionary. He hired this 17-year-old good-looking girl to run everything. And, yeah, there was no ulterior motive whatsoever. He just, you know, he was he was an eccentric is what he was. No, he wasn't an eccentric. He loved baseball. He was friends oh, he with he Lefty loved... Gomez, for God's sake. He he did love his baseball. It's when he shows you him doing the instructional videos. He made his own instructional videos that... That the major leagues would just watch and train their players because the players had never there was no training back then, was but there? But the example they used of the of the instructional video was uh, picking up a ground ball. Yes, and yeah, again, yeah. pivot didn't twist. Yeah, pivot and twist. Yeah. And you just like oh, that's, that's one of Kurt so... Russell's first acting roles as well. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, just I I don't know. The, the something about baseball just doesn't doesn't strike me. So they, they sign up all the players they want on yep. the initial tryout. Uh, do, do you know the only time something like this has ever happened in English football? No. Uh, back in the day, there was a lower league team that had to advertise for a striker on teletext. No way. Who was it? Port, was it Port Vale? I'm not sure, but he famously scored the winner in the last minute, a guy who showed up from teletext. Oh, that's awesome. Why haven't we made a film about that? Oh, okay. Any filmmakers uh, out there? That's what we want you to do. I I don't think his dad was in Stargate. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) There was a great quote right from the general manager. What what was her name? Did you? Was it Lily or something? Um, Think so. But she said this: Portland is pretty provincial. We don't like outsiders. (laughs) So when Bing comes along, no one trusts him. They're all like this guy. This is a con. They all, no one trusted him at all. It's it's those two old sports writers, the two yes. like the, yeah, the yeah, bald yeah. guy, just like the old guys from the Muppets, just sat there, just saying, "Well, everyone thought they, they all they say is everyone thought it was a joke to whatever they could to." Yes, but um, it's funny they say you don't like outsiders because when they talk about their first star, what was their first star? Reggie Thomas. Yeah, Reggie Thomas, who lived a block let, from the. They put him up in a hotel. Yeah. 
No, no, he yeah, he lived in a hotel, but he had a car yeah. to the stadium. Even though it was one but block I will away. Say this, with all the footage, that is the only person of colour I've seen that they signed. And believe me, was he better than everyone else in a hurry? Oh, and then some. Which right? the, he was their star. And they built the team yeah. around. He was like the Sergio Aguero, wasn't he? And there's a huge debate, I mean, going back to the Babe Roofs and things that you mentioned earlier, that that's before uh, integration, so it was all segregated. Yeah, with Jackie Robinson so, in 42, so uh, yeah, yeah, that was... Something yeah, like yeah. that. So the, there is an argument that the, the, uh, the standard of players they were playing against was halved compared to today's before integration. Yes, cause they, yeah, they because had, uh, they had an apartheid in effect, right, basically, mm. yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so th- this is like whatever they Although show this baseball was, Just back. to point out, this was the 70s. Racism in America was eradicated by the 70s, just to point out. No, no the okay. Native <laughs> Americans were eradicated by the 70s. I guess my sarcasm doesn't come across in the... Uh... <laughs> we're doing a nice podcast about a baseball document. We don't need to chuck out any irony funny that's going to cause us the, what, what small careers we currently have going during lockdown. But uh, what was I going to say? So this is, uh, yeah, whenever they show old school baseball and they talk about what wonderful the game was, it's always kind of like before white guys were squeezed out of a sport because the money was too good and they had to play the best players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they didn't have the talent of everybody else. Um, So basically they were, they, the tryouts were basically for players who had, who had been kicked out of the big leagues or who... Never got drafted. Yeah, or never got drafted like and just... Basically, all the people who got left behind, right? So it was everyone had a kind of point to prove. Um, one one of the players who went for tryouts was a kid called uh, John Yoshiwara, right? And basically, when Bing made those uh, when Bing made those training videos, mm-hmm. um, John Yoshi- he just has a Midas touch, is what this documentary should be like. Anyone who's around him, yeah. tends to have like a. Stellar career, yes. And just a record breaking, just because he gave every. That's what Bing did, right? And th- how on earth your goosebumps didn't go up every time you know someone spoke about Bing? I don't know because everybody involved in this went on to do great stuff, and they said it was like the Bing effect. He gave you belief. What more do you want from a human being, Rick? What more do you want? <laughs> this guy was it. He was. He made people believe in themselves. For God's sake. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I do agree with that. It's just not as entertaining on a screen. Okay, I would like to know him. I'd love to know him. Even my (laughs) even my goosebumps got goosebumps at the end of it. It was amazing. But this John Yoshiwara, right? So he was uh, an Asian American, and he was a little kid watching uh, Bing make these uh, training videos for baseball. And he said to the eleven-year-old kid. Hey, come over here and get involved. And then, as and this is the they were making a the training documentary, and this was I wrote it down because it was just a weird thing. Um, and the announcer said, "Eleven-year-old John Yoshiwara, tomorrow's pitcher at the local league park on the big club. He's known as the Pigtail. He shags, picks up, tries his level best to learn all he can about the game he loves, baseball." Hang on, announcer. Let's go back a little bit there. Did you say this 11-year-old shags? <laughs> I didn't have the heart to Google 11-year-old shagging in baseball. Because my internet history would then get me sent to prison. But um, Yeah, at the very least, you'll get some very weird adverts yes. coming up <laughs> on your Facebook. Facebook says, would you? No, shut it down. And then, so another guy we meet soon after is a guy called Swanee. Swanee, which, yeah. He seemed so angry, such an angry man. He, he literally, he's trying to over. People that ask him nice questions, and he's trying to answer nice questions as a tough guy. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like Swanee's yeah, the well, le- he's the left hander. And it went, yeah, so he was bitter about not being drafted as a left-handed yep. pitcher. Is that because there isn't any left-handed I don't think there's any lefties, there yeah. I, th- I think Lefty Gomez filled that role and that was oh, it. Oh, right, 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 right. So that makes sense. But they both use a phrase that was you could tell was prevalent because they hate the majors so much they refer to them as bonus babies. Yes. A lot. <laughs> and then it goes to the, chips the next on guy. on their shoulders. 
which is their bat boy, which is a skinny guy in the hat. And I didn't realize you find out who he is in the end. Yeah, didn't he do well? But he made me want to quit swearing. He was just swearing at weird points where you're like, you need to let this... Every time he did... You're right. uh, Every time he did swear, though, it was just to... He used the swear words properly. It it was to emphasize the point. When he was having a... When he was expressing the expressing the the chip on his shoulder, he was like, "You fuckers!" Yeah, but he sounded like when you're doing a minimum wage job, the guy who's complaining he got told off for being turned up late. <laughs> Does that make sense? He's just like, "Yeah," and Sharon's the biggest bitch on the planet. <laughs> and you're like, "All right, you know." But how he got he, the job, he said, "Like, how do I how do I become a bat boy?" And he went, "Look, just hustle on the interview day." So he ran around, he was cleaning the bats and everything. And then Bing Russell said to him, hey, kid, come here. I need 10 guys like you. And he got the job. Uh, oh, how inspirational well, is that? That gives you goosebumps. That is the Matt Wills work ethic in play right that, there. Yeah, yeah. Todd Field was his name. Todd Field. Because Bing's all about fun, right? So basically, he employed he employed 30 guys, which is way more than you need, Um but it was the in in the belief that if the fans, because basically it's a it's the same as comedy, right? It's a bums on seats business. They have to sell. They got to sell tickets. So the reason he had thirty people, he goes because out, out of those thirty ball players, someone, someone in the you crowd you could with. identify with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was basically Bing Russell bought show business to baseball. That's what he did to the minors. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, to the minors. Yeah, which affected so, Division Three. I saw it as. In old yeah. money, or d- Division One as it is now, in, yeah. again so, in a football. So the, there was two things that uh, came up. First off, they got the uh, the Yankee pitcher signed for them. Yep, the dis- not just the Yankee pitcher. He was the disgraced Yankee pitcher because he wrote a Be- wrote a book. Was <laughs> it? I, and the, the, he was on Carson, wasn't he? But they were yeah. talking about in the book. He was talking about how men were kissing at the back yeah. of the bus and doing and he was speed. Never to play baseball again. <laughs> He got squeezed out, didn't he? He got blackballed. No one, no one had employ him. Yeah. Did you see and his then, suit on Carson? You couldn't have got more seventies than that, could you? He walks under oh, Johnny yeah. Carson, and Johnny Carson looked pretty cool anyway. He had a huge kipper knot tie on, a huge thing. And this guy strolls on the stage, and he looked like Aaron Eckhart, you know, the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so he strolled, and he's wearing these white flare trousers and this gorgeous white. He was all dressed in white. He looked, looked like something from Blades of Glory. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Like a figure skater. But and then we get to I think where the magic of it is in terms of the marketing. So they get the guy. Basically, some guy brings a broom and yeah. whenever they sweep a team and yeah. that just catches on and then they start lighting the broom <laughs> on fire. And, I just think and the bat boy said that, that was just dumb because I made those brooms at home. I had to soak them in petrol. <laughs> this is a kid, right? This is soaking brooms in petrol in his parents' garage. Again, and it's... <laughs> when you see the crowd of the guys shaking their own brooms, they brought that's why they bring their own brooms to show. I find that fucking hilarious. Like just taking you, <laughs> taking your broom to the ballpark <laughs> is just something that I just cracks me up. Absolutely cracks me up. God knows what British football would do if you let to bring sticks in. But, uh, but the thing is, Major League Baseball, they, they kept fining the sweepy guy, right? Because he was bringing the game into disrepute. And he says on the documentary, yeah, and what I like about Bing is he just keeps paying my fines. <laughs> <laughs> you keep breaking the but, rules because the crowd love it. Because the fans, two things. it was all about the fans for Bing, right? It was, it yeah. was all about it baseball. got them on board. But they were winning. They, they absolutely and they were killing did, yeah. it from, from all accounts. Yeah. That, that's one thing we've kind of missed out on. The minute they started playing, they, they won. Yeah. They had a great winning record. Yeah, they did. And um, But the guy of the broom reminded me of, did you ever hear of uh, Argentinian Newcastle player Jonas Gutierrez? No. Right. We signed him early days of Ashley. There's a whole story about what we'll get into but what we heard and what we'd seen is when he played in Spain if he scored he would pull a Spider-Man mask out of his sock and he would run around in the Spider-Man mask so he was known as the Spider-Man okay and we do, do we know why he did that it was just like a marketing thing a bit like the broom it okay, just made him right. stand out yeah 
And then, so we waited a good seven months for him to score a bloody goal. <laughs> and then when he did, it's like, everyone's like, yeah. And then you said, like, the new Gassif, I go, he doesn't have the mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 55,000 people at St. James's Park. Oh. Oh, Jimmy, you said he puts a mask on. <laughs> But just listen, this this is how much Bing Russell loved baseball, right? And this, again, another one of his brilliant quotes. I loved the game dearly and wanted to go back to straw hat and beer days when 250 towns had minor league teams and most of them were not supported by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball didn't like him. He didn't like Major League Baseball. And the thing is, because he kept winning... He pissed off Major League Baseball because all the other teams were owned by Major League Baseball, even though they were in mm. the minor leagues. Um, they were all affiliated with the Major League teams. So Bing Russell came along and basically was showing them how to do it properly. And because it's a bums on seats business, he upped atten- his attendance went up by thousands of percent. Right. So he was yeah. getting like four to five thousand people a game. Whereas like nine, that's nine to 14,000 for a lot. Th- yeah. And that was so over the course of a league, he got 127,000 people through his door. Right. And they're all paying a few bucks each. That all adds up. Right. That's that's yeah, good. Cash. Things like a, a, the winning B things like the broom. And even, yeah. even the, a thing we missed out on, they even got a team dog where if they, they were losing, they, they would let the dog go out on the field and they would have to stop the game for the dog while this other guy's waving a broom at the other team. <laughs> no, the reason they brought the dog out, and they, they, I like what they said, the dog was more popular than a lot of the players. Right? Yeah. The reason they had the dog was for when the pitcher got tired, they let the dog run onto the, the field so it would give the pitcher a bit of a rest so he could catch his breath. But I wonder how how tired does a bit pitcher get? He's just all he's got to I do know. is throw a ball. I know. But after the game, they're but, all smoking fags, weren't they? And drinking beer. So I'm guessing they're not the healthiest it, of people. I think that's why it is America's pastime, or it was for a time, because American football, basketball, ice hockey, you can't really play out of shape. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. whereas. Back in those days for baseball, you can be a part of a team. Yeah. You can enjoy that culture. I think it's very similar to cricket in this country. Yeah, sitting down, you'd have a beer. Oh, yeah, and you're a part of that team culture, which is what you're kind of looking for once you're not competitively trying to get anywhere with it. That's what you try to get, that solidarity. Yeah. Happiest guy I ever knew in, knew in uni was like part of a cricket team, and they've just been drinking together since the age of 12. Yeah, I used to have a guy on my team who was a... He was a general in the Barmy Army. And he quit, right, because uh, he said, I need this time off to go. Uh, he goes, the ashes are in Australia. So I need six weeks off to go and follow the ashes around Australia. And we went, yeah, you can't do that. And he went, okay, here's my resignation. See you later. Mm. There was nothing that was going to get in the way. And I went, you can't, haven't you got responsibilities? And he went, yeah, that's exactly why I'm quitting. I'm a general in the Barmy Army. Don't you know what that means? Well, clearly I didn't know. So, so is the Barmy Army like the the fans that follow the England cricket team? Yes. Around? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Barmy Army is the English cricket team fans. That's what yeah, they call. Don't called. don't throw that out around like it's in the regular lexicon of. Oh, have you never heard of the Barmy Army? No, because they just sit there quietly getting sunburnt. Do you know what I mean? Oh I no, thought they do. do the, like... They're the ones with the music and they're cheering. The they're, they're like cricket groupies. Ugh. You know the cool guys I, of cricket. I worked the uh, the Rose Bowl. Once, no, not the Rose Bowl, the 2020 cricket. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, 2020 cricket's great. Oh, man, I hated it. <laughs> um, it's for, it for a bar and catering company, and uh, it was the worst job I ever had. But luckily, it was my mate who was like kind of managing me, and we were on the bar together while we were at uni. Uh, and um, yeah, it got to the point where I was that skint. If someone, I was literally just giving people pints for cigarettes, so I got like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're right, slipping, slipping someone a pint if they gave you four. What was a pint worth? Four fags? It was at the point when they were like, lads, 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 get a pack of 20 and we'll get 20 pints. So like a guy would come and just give you a cigarette per pint and you just pour it off because it's just... Why didn't you just you... steal the money? Because uh, that would have been noticed, I, I imagine. Right. Okay, then. So you've got but, so you've got a little bit of integrity and you're cheap. You, I mean, because a, a yeah, cigarette yeah, a pint is incredibly... That's cheap. I, I'm happy deal. for someone 
for someone to point at me and go, Rick's useless, the amount of beer they wasted by not pouring correctly equates to this. And believe me, they weren't checking that strictly on it. But if you ran through a pint and then the money wasn't in the till, that's a very easy thing right. yeah, to yeah. check. Okay, yeah. And obviously no one it's just, to... it's just it's an, it's another thing on the list of why Rick does not like cricket. <laughs> I'm glad I got you to watch a baseball documentary then because I, I didn't realise it would cause you so much pain. This is making I, I, my day. This, I, I, I'm getting goosebumps I, I, again just hearing your pain. This is brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I like being taken out of the comfort zone of what I'd regularly watch, noticing weird things, but it's at this point in the documentary where it's like, I'm at the point where I need a scandal for this to have any point. And this is when they come in and, the, like as you said, the league was annoyed. Really annoyed. Yeah, they, they he do not like being... Well, he, he won owner of the year, won, which again, yeah. his life comes full circle because Lefty Gomez gives him the award. Yes, absolutely. And the, the owner of the year is quite the achievement, right? So mm. he done that above all the other people who have got tons of money. And he's doing this on a shoestring budget. And then, but the problem was they would win all the league games. But when the playoffs came, the major teams would send down a lot higher quality players, which... Yeah, that could be interpreted because you imagine the culture of the team of the Mavericks are saying they're out to get us, but also that's competitive play for their players to get you know experience in. There could be little elements of that. If their season's finished, they're free to send down these guys. No, you're not. No, you're missing the whole point of the documentary, you idiot. What are we talking about? (laughs) I know. This is an underdog story. Yeah, they they effectively they're they're crushing the little man, and I am a little man. That was why this documentary spoke to me so much. This is this was all about David and Goliath. This was that they're fighting back. They're, I, no, I we know. will not stand for this. But I'm saying there is an element that might not have been about them <laughs> <laughs> in the Northwest Single Air Division. <laughs> no, hang on. There was another thing they said about that when. Uh... Oh, I've lost it. I'll, I'll find it. Or it will come up. Uh, also, they had uh, the, now the d- again. He was way ahead of his time, right? So not only did he have a female general manager, yeah, they had a bat girl as well as a bat boy. And again, right. he was an equal opportunities employer. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I love that. Obviously, the story of a Bing was a legend, and and what they did hands down. And when they try to muscle them out, because they didn't get the playoff win. Well, they, they're going for a pennant, right? Which effectively is you win the league. So they got mm. to the playoffs uh, to win the because they were they were the weird thing is, even though they were top of the league, they had the best record of any team, the best win record division. of any team in all of the divisions. Right? They were hands yep. down. Their, their success rate was phenomenal. Um, so in if they, again equating it to football, they would have won the league, but you can't do that in baseball. You have to have a playoff could, to make it interesting. And it, could you imagine if, say, for argument's sake, Gates Ed football team in the conference in the seventies, and Sergio Aguero <laughs> turns around and says these two centre backs like kissing at the back of the bus. <laughs> so homophobic football with less money and says you'll never kick a ball for us again. Goes to Gateshead, uh, and then of course they've got the best record in that division. They've got a guy who knocks his own hat off while he pitches, which was a weird thing they showed you. But there is little things where it's like that's smart, but he's also maybe he's the only guy chucking money in single A for actual contracts, which he was because the only independent team, everything was paid by by the majors. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He was- so he had a chance because since no one was trying to build that guy up, no one would take a chance and hire him. So. Th- I can understand that, but the 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 wit the the record and it just must have been great to be a part of as a fan to go and enjoy. I, as a fan, you, this you must have been brilliant. Sorry, yeah, you were talking about the playoffs. It's so weird because, like, obviously in basketball, you have an eighty-two game season, and then there's like I think they have an eighty-game season, don't they? As well in baseball, he was talking about it's an yeah. eighty, yeah, eighty-four game, eighty-two game, and the team there's like eight teams that don't qualify for the playoffs. Right. Oh, okay. So out of 29 teams, eight don't go in or 10 don't go in. And then you have a chance to finish seventh. But the, the, all that would happen if you finished seventh was you'd play the top seed. 
Right, okay. And the tournament. Well, this, it's so, just, the, so the pennant effectively is, it's also known as the flag. And if you win the baseball pennant on that league, what it also does, it qualifies you to play in the Baseball World Series, which is effectively, as as far as I can make out, again, putting it into English football, straight European football, is the equivalent of going to the to the Europa League. Champ- yeah, 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 Champions League. Yeah, Europa Champions League. league. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, sorry, obviously, yeah, my team's never going to make the Champions so that League. Would, that's why I talk that about would the have Europa been League. Huge. Yeah, West Ham's not, unfortunately. Yeah, what we need at West Ham is that we need a Bing Russell to come in and take over. You know, like you're hoping's going to happen with the Saudis taking over Newcastle. Those Saudis, they're your Bing Russell. That's what they are. They're They're just a guy with money who are incredibly enthusiastic about winning. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not. I mean, Wimbledon in in the crazy gang days would be the closest to Bing Russell. Or Mebby's, I would say, oh, I can't even. It's annoying. I'm forgetting his name now. Um, he's, he's the the, the greatest manager of all time. Uh, won Nottingham Forest, won the Champions oh, Brian League. Clough. Brian Clough. Yeah, yeah. God, I can't even believe I spaced that. But yeah, Brian Clough, I would say, is a bit of a Bing Russell. Yes. He goes in there with, yeah, yeah. with character and charisma and he got it done. And he was always smoking a tab as well. Yeah, but I don't think there is an equivalent. Again, this guy is... Clearly, just a legend of what he did. He did what he loved, and he did it so yes, well. Yes, absolutely. I love. I'm fell in love with. It. Just when Kurt Russell is talking about his dad, you can just see the love pouring out of him, and so much so because um, obviously Kurt Russell helps his dad build up the Portland Mavericks. Kurt Russell played in the Portland Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't see a lot of footage of of Kurt in there, but. And that, that again, because I played Sunday League football, it was always the manager of the kid played up front. Now, don't get me wrong, they were always the better player, but there was always this, that kid's definitely starting. Yeah. <laughs> <his dad> <laughs> yes, he has got two left feet, but his dad drives the bus, and that's how we get here. So he's 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 having a start. Um. So yeah, so they they play for the pennant, right? So effectively, it's like the, so it's like the they're, they're playing to find out who wins the league. A major league baseball, they they fix it, they rig it, which again, that's just it's just not fair. It wasn't fair, Rick. It wasn't fair. It was, and what they do next was the most disgusting one, which was um, they then just went, "We want that territory back." Here's five thousand. Thanks for what you did, and they, there was nothing you could do over it because baseball was ruled above antitrust laws. <laughs> and they were allowed- and they're allowed to monopolize. The law does there will not be a doc- apply to you. What? There will be a documentary that we watch that I will find somewhere where the whole baseball's above the law and what happens to the peanut smugglers on the bus <laughs> and, and the real story of why he was called Lefty Gomez. <laughs> and just- You're going to trash Bing for me, aren't you? That's the whole... No, I'm not going to... I've got nothing... I thought Bing was a legend in what he did. Again, for that, for what he loved as his passion, it was brilliant. But when they came in, and we're like, okay, the Beavers, the Portland Beavers are coming back yeah. now. So the Majors were coming back and they had to kick out the Portland Mavericks. And the standard fee was five grand. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to tra- we're going to times that by five and add a little bit on. So we'll give you 26 large, right? You get 26 grand. And Bing said, yeah, no problem. What you want to do, though, is put a zero between the two and the six. Or is we going to go a call? And they went like, no, fuck you, Bing. And he went, cool, it is then. Okay. Yeah. And then he did that interview, right? And this is, you've got to have got goose. You've got no soul if you didn't get any goosebumps at this bit. It's when he gets into, he's being interviewed. And he said, um, we will fight for these things that I just spoke of. Property, profit, freedom. We will not knuckle under bureaucratic arrogance or official position. I intend to fight. Now, whether we win or not depends how good an attorney I have. And my attorney is a Portland attorney, Jack Faust. And I have every confidence in him. And he's the finest. And we're going to fight. And it's just, you must have got goosebumps at that bit. Come on. I think it was like the first intelligent guy with money baseball came across. 
that they argued with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he had every right to do that. There was uh, when you look at the the attendance and everything like that, and it, and it was discussed. They were getting national TV. There was that interest in the story. They, they were. The yeah. whole bunch of exposés from like the old school sport. And I loved it. The horseshoe Bolden guy who had the most famous sports TV show. Like they're not allowed anymore. You watch Sky Sports News. You don't get a mean Gene Oakland with the the horseshoe Bolden <laughs> smoking a fag. And he did. He done. He. He was there for a day, two and he got two two-hour specials out of it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, they, they were also written about in the New Yorker. Uh, I think that's because the Mavs did coke with them, though. Do you know what I mean? Whenever it's something like that in the 70s, it's like, I think they just did a load of blow in the change rooms <laughs> and really enjoyed it and stayed there. <laughs> you always got to think why as opposed to what this documentary's given over. Oh, you're so cynical. Um, but it was. It was sad that it got taken away. It got, yeah, so basically, um, effectively, what they were doing is they were... They were kicking them out, right? They were saying to the Mavericks, you got to go because the big boy needs to come in. He wants his ball back and uh, mm-hmm. you're not allowed here anymore. So they go to the court of arbitration and then it cuts. They've got a recording of the court of arbitration. And uh, Jack Faust <laughs> says, uh, listen, organised baseball did not get along with Bing. But I tell you who did get along famously with this man, the fans. And the baseball league should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, go on, Jack. You tell them, son. Screw you, Major League Baseball. I'm getting goosebumps right now, look, thinking about it. How did you not? Oh, you're oh, dead I inside, Rick. You're dead. I, I, can't, I can't wait until tomorrow's documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and then the judge, the judge delivers a verdict, and you hear him delivering this verdict. And he goes, and the court of arbitration says... Yeah, give Bing $206,000. That was mm. brilliant. He won. Well, it didn't actually, he lost really, didn't he? Because he, he built he up lost something the team. and got kicked out. Yeah, and he had to disband the team. Um, Is that right in saying straight after that, they made the rule that they have to be affiliated yes. with a major league yeah, team? Yeah, but they're still, because of, now the Portland Mavericks were the only independent uh, baseball team in America at the time. And now because of the Portland Mavericks, there are 20, uh, 65 independent teams. That's right. That's incredible. That's. Uh, but I thought, so what was the rule then? Because I remember reading. I didn't fully understand that because it changed the rules that all minor leagues, because they didn't want another Bing Russell. They must mm-hmm. be affiliated with a major league franchise. But I'm guessing you can be affiliated, but, you know, you're, you're only affiliated. Be independent. With, you're, yeah, you're independently owned. And then it cuts to the end, doesn't it? Because just. Uh, and it gives you a of all the of all the players, it gives you an update on where they are, sort of in the year yeah. two thousand fourteen. And again, here's my, here's my problem, my big problem for me. They they describe four better documentaries in eight seconds. Because <laughs> bad stuff happens to some of them. So okay. So what the the, man- the manager the manager uh, brilliant. He went to prison. Yes, he went to prison. And then what coached he- the prison. Yeah. He, he coached the prison baseball team. <laughs> One is missing, presumed working for the FBI. Yeah, he's not. He got. He was the star, right? He was. Um, he was Routon. He was the African American who got. He he was the guy who got driven, the one block. Oh, to the, right. He yeah, was the yeah. star of the show. Yeah, he's missing because he was an FBI informant. They reckon. But do you know what? When you see that Swanee sat there talking like they're in the mafia, I think he just said he's presumed in the FBI. Do you know what I mean? Because they work, just because they haven't seen him. He's settled down somewhere. He runs, yeah. he's, he's got a hardware shop. Yeah, he used to smoke on the touchline. He's probably in with the cartels. <laughs> <laughs> That's Swanee. Uh, he opened up a comedy club. So uh, if, if you're ever in America, Rick, go look up Swanee. Is that what he did, yeah, is it? he'll go and give you a gig. Oh, yep. Jesus. Imagine emailing your five-minute clip to that article. <laughs> Jesus. Because he's the one's like, are we done now? It's just like, what else have you done? What, what this is this is the achievement of your life. Enjoy talking about it, what? as opposed to trying to seem surly to the the grandson of the guy who gave you a career. What it, and he didn't. I don't know if you noticed in the documentary, uh, Swanee didn't move his right arm at all. It looked like his right, but so but his left was doing all the animation, and his right arm just right. sort of hung there. I didn't. I didn't notice right, that. Yeah. No. And then Jim Bowen, the guy who was on, um, the guy yeah, who's he's... done uh, Johnny Carson. The speech he gives at the end, right? This was the final. Now, because he goes back to the majors, he, he makes back it back, the, and that's yeah. the successful. Yeah, and and he was hated. He was blackballed by the Major League Baseball, right? But after the Maverick time, yeah, they let him back because he did so well. Um, 
And then he gives a speech at the end and he says, uh, uh, the Maverick boys and girls was a baseball team that I'm proud to say I played for. Our motivation was simple. Revenge. We loved whomping, fuzzy-cheeked college bonus babies owned by the Dodgers or the Phillies. Will there ever ever be a Mavericks old-timers day, you ask? Nah, there's too many players in witness protection program. And whenever you guys, wherever you guys are, I love you, man. You battered bastards of baseball. I, I welled up then. I didn't even cry at my mum's funeral. But at that, I was welling up. I was like, oh, God, I love you, yeah, Jim Bowen. She, she couldn't play a second piece. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> she didn't own a comedy club like Swanee. And then the bat boy, who was Brilliant. needlessly aggressive throughout, it turns out he becomes an Academy Award winning director. Five, or he, some, yeah, something. five Academy Awards. I don't think he actually won one because they didn't say he won one. Oh, right, right, right. But yeah, he, but he his nominated. film got nominated for five of them. That's that's some doing, right? I just thought he was a little. I thought he was only one, one little scrotch that could find for the documentary. I didn't realize he actually did something. It's weird how your perception of someone changes. Yeah, <laughs> because he's dressed down with the baseball hat. Like who's this guy who cleans the baseball bats? But when he um he said like when Bing was dying, they said to him like, "Look, you better go and you better go and see Bing because he hasn't got long left." And that was that was heart moving. That was just oh, and um. And he said, oh, I'm I, so I, proud a... of you, my bat boy. I'm so proud of you. You must, a little tear must have rolled down that Geordie cheek of yours. Wait, Come on. Again, I'm damaged. Because um, <laughs> when you're telling the story and you go, do you know, they came to me, they said Bing only had a few weeks left. And pff, obviously I couldn't, I, I, I was going there. You could just cut that down to, I went to see him before he died. But no. Because <laughs> well, they're all he in Hollywood. This. It's show business. It's not just sh- and, and show. Then, and then the whole, he grabbed me and goes, I've been watching you and I'm proud of what you did. And then he looks up and goes, it's better than winning an Academy Award. <laughs> oh, name drop that you've been nominated for the fucking award five times. In case they forget that in the end credits. Oh, that was like being on the set with uh, Pacino when he says I'm the best director of all time. But that hug from Bing, <laughs> that, that was meant it more. For me. But I need you to know the other information about me at the same time. <laughs> Listen, this is how good this, this documentary was. They're turning it into a film. Are they? They're turning it into a film, Rick. Come on, that's how good it was. I've got a feeling I'm not going to like the director of that <laughs> <Yeah>. film. <laughs> it's going to be a real aggressive geezer. Just 60-year-old Kurt Russell playing a batsman. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let me ask you, would you um, would you recommend it for your mum? Uh, no. Why, no wouldn't. why wouldn't Mrs. Rick like it? If I speak to anyone that likes baseball, that documentary is what we're going to be talking about. But it's like The Last Dance, right? You don't have to like basketball to like The Last Dance, yet... Yeah, yeah, I know, inspiring. but you can, you can appreciate you can appreciate a six foot seven athlete that can fly. All right, seeing those white guys with their mustaches smoking in the <laughs> Y fronts in the change room and going, "The bonus babies didn't like it when we won," isn't the same level as Jordan shooting free throws with his eyes closed. I'm it sorry, is. it's just not. It is inspirational. Not in the is inspirational. You're heartless. You're heartless, Rick. I don't. You can't. It. You can't compare the 90s Wimbledon football team to the Galacticos of Real Madrid and their winning ways in terms of footage, in terms of enjoyment. And there is no real scandal to it, but it's a very good story and it was better than I expected it to be because I don't like the sport. And that is why, for my score, I'm giving that a respectable 2.5. Out of what? 2.5 out of what? Three, I hope. Out of five. So we add them together. Same as yesterday. Oh man, you're brutal! All right, right, we'll get, can I can I give it a seven point five? You you then? you, you, <laughs> you That's give how much it I loved score, it. I, I'm wearing a t-shirt that when I bought it at the baseball game <laughs> in the Dominican Republic, this is the only chance I've only set up this entire podcast to review this <laughs> to review this one documentary. So I get to wear this t-shirt from the Dominican Republic. That's the only reason that I've done this. Um, in the, in the just quickly uh, before I give you my score in the Dominican Republic, right? Um, mm. They have um, during one of the innings, they said, "All right, let's have a quick competition," and they get they just call out a ticket number, and if it's your ticket number, you get to go on the field, and they pitch you a baseball, and if you can hit it over a certain length, 
uh, they give you ten thousand dollars. Oh, I love that! Oh, it's, it's like the half quad shot. Right, yeah, right. So, um, the basic, and you get free tries at this. And this bloke here, and no word of a lie, it almost made it. And it was like there must have been ten thousand of us watching this game. It was like, oh, oh, he didn't make it. Then they bring up this other poor guy, and um, they bring up this other poor guy, and uh, he's basically there. And they're going, okay, we're going to just do roulette. And basically, you see it on the huge video screen, and this thing stops around, and it stops on one of the sponsors, and I think it was like Pizza Hut. And then the Pizza Hut bit of the roulette table opens up, and they wheel out a brand new motorbike to the guy. Ah, it was just, it was brilliant. And it's the, the, the reason why it was so good, effectively, there's loads of kids at the, the game, right? And what they do is, <laughs> all the Dominicans... <laughs> Or they Dominican Republicans, whatever they're called, uh, they keep giving kids money, and kids run off and keep bringing back bottles of whiskey and vodka and ice, and basically everyone is getting hammered because the game went on for six hours, and it was just a massive. It was a huge. There were people in fancy dress, and we got there. There was only a few of us there, and just throughout the night, like thousands of people just kept turning up, and people were hammered, and I mean absolutely, right. and there was no trouble. There was no anything. They were just drinking for the fun of it. Again, that sounds an amazing experience, but it says a lot about the sport when you go and see the pros <laughs> play and you turn up for the last third of the game. Yeah. There is no other pro sport you could do that and go, what's the score? 4-4. Four, four. Okay, cool. I'll sit down for this inning. I, th- I think that whole score, actually, in that whole game was uh, two. We saw two two runs. <sighs> yeah. First up. Ep- First ever football match I went to see was England under 20s versus France under 20s at Old Trafford. It was a school trip, and there wasn't even an offside. Nil-nil, <laughs> <laughs> longest bus ride you've ever done at that age. Just nil-nil. Oh, it was awful. That's That was, uh, until a few years ago, that was football all over for me. It was like, come on, is anything gonna ex- exciting going to happen? No. I think you have to get to a certain age. Um Right, I'll give you my score. Clock, what's your what's your score for this one? Right, my that? score for this one is uh, I'm setting a slight trend here. My score for this one is out of five, five. <laughs> it can only be. <laughs> I want Bing Russell as my dad. Um, if I can't have Bing Russell as my dad, I'll take Kurt Russell as my dad. Um, I want Timothy Treadwell as my brother. Yeah. In fact, I even love the Bears. The Bears, I would have the Bears in my living room. Do you not see the way they survived, Rick? I just, I the l- Bears were lovely. I love this documentary. And the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the fact that it, you found it a little bit painful makes it... All it that, wasn't, all it wasn't painful. Uh, it was just, it was just a, a slightly longer watch and, and again we're going to watch plenty i've got no problem watching your your suggestions good. Well, I'll, I, I'll, I, i'm drawing the line at a cricket documentary though preferably well no there cricket is a cricket one. documentary that someone's just oh, turned me on pride to, which so. is which is why i'm mentioning this oh now. okay you're putting the caveat <laughs> in now <laughs> no swearing no cricket documentaries <laughs> i didn't say no swearing i did not say no swearing i think i've all. sworn more than you uh, yeah okay then well uh so that's Let's wrap it up. Rick, have you got anything else you want to say? Yeah. Check out next the next podcast. What, 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 what's the documentary we're going to be reviewing next so, time? So uh, the next one we're going to be doing, it uh, depends how we release them, uh, but the next one is going to be Soaked in Bleach, which, as you can guess from the title, is chosen by Mr. Rick Wharton. Uh, <laughs> and it's all about Kurt Cobain and his, all right, okay. his uh, apparent suicide. From I'm intrigued because what I want, what I want from this is obviously grow a fan base and I want to split and divide. I want Rangers Celtic between my <laughs> and your opinions. We want all, all the lovely positive people will be cheering for me. Like, yeah, go Matty. And there's all these miserable, miserable Northerners out there going, yeah, that Rick, he tells it like it is. <laughs> But yeah, Soaked in Bleach. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it before listening to the documentary, I'd actually recommend doing that for this one. It's a, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, watched it about five years ago. Um, story of Kurt Cobain and around the weeks of his death. It's about the private investigator that was hired to to chase him down while he was missing before he died. And a lot of there's a lot of um, evidence uncovered and how things were were detailed to the press that were very interesting. So I enjoyed it tremendously, even though I wasn't a fan of the band, but there is, there's some 
there's some good stuff in it. Well worth checking out. Uh, Soaked in bleach. Cool. And uh, I haven't. I'm yet to watch it, but I've watched the trailer, and you can see it on YouTube. So this is a free watch. Um, so that's it. That's our summary of the battered bastards of baseball. The overall score there being seven and a half. So not as good as Grizzly Man, but uh, it's certainly up there. And for me, I will probably watch that again. Um, so I'll say, uh, Rick, say goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you all soon. Ta-da. Brilliant.